0: Welcome to the Knowing God podcast. The hope of this podcast is that it would help you to know the Word of God so that you may ultimately know God. I'm your host, Andrew Rutten. Last time, I mentioned that we were going to take a special episode here to not look at the next verse in Colossians, but use Colossians 2, specifically verses 16 and 17, to answer a broader question. And that question if you boil it all the way down is this: How do Christians read the Old Testament? What's well, the best and proper way to read it in light of the gospel of Jesus Christ? And I think that is an important question, incredibly important, because the Old Testament is a very large section of our scriptures, and most of us don't really know how to read it with much confidence. Therefore, Many of us don't read it much at all. And I want to help you see from Colossians 2.17 a way to read the scriptures that might give you back that entire part of your Bible, give you some confidence with it, and know God greater through it. Okay, So, so my plan is this. I'm going to give three options or views on how we approach the Old Testament in light of the gospel of Jesus. The first two I think will be common misconceptions, wrong ways to do it. And then from Colossians 2.17, I'll give the approach I think that verse teaches and is most helpful. All right, and my hope for this episode is simply that it will help equip you a bit more to be confident in seeing Christ in the Old Testament. So, the first option or way of reading the Old Testament is this, believing that Christ is absent in the Old Testament, that Christ is absent in the Old Testament. This is a common view where we read the Old Testament merely as stories, poems, history, lessons, and much more, but all of it doesn't really have anything to do with Christ, Because Jesus, the Christ, comes onto the scene in Matthew, and almost everything before is simply Yahweh dealing with the people of Israel in that time. So, examples of this would be reading stories like of Noah and Abraham, Moses, Joshua, David, Elijah, Jonah, and that all these stories are essentially moral lessons teaching us about good people or bad people teaching us about what to do and what not to do, that the Old Testament is moral lessons from history. So here's maybe a couple classic and maybe extreme, but classic examples. You might ask the question, where is Christ in the story of Noah? Well, this view that he's absent would simply say nowhere, right? This is about God judging the earth and a man having faith enough to do the improbable, like build an ark, when God asks him to. So we read that, we see the the faithful one, Noah, and we are called to be faithful to do the improbable by faith when God asks us to. Or you could ask, what's the lesson in all of First and Second Samuel? We read these books, well, what's the lesson we take away? This view would say that it's about Israel needing a king and God choosing the unlikely little shepherd because David was a man after God's heart. And some would leave it at that. Don't make too much application. This is just a story about them then. Or if we do want to make application, we tend to just say, so we too need to have a heart for God. We, too, can defeat our Goliaths. We, too, can repent from our sins when we commit evil sins like David did, right? So, we could go on and on, story after story, but the main view here is that we shouldn't read Christ into Israel's history. You either read it as history or you find some moral lesson and you try to apply that to your life, okay? So, that's the first view. We can read the, the whole Old Testament And believe that Christ is absent. All right. Well, the second misconception I'll give is kind of the opposite view. You could kind of think about it like a where's Jesus approach. This view, I would say, is similar to a where's Waldo book right like you you know he's in there somewhere because you've been told that and you kind of know what he looks like cuz you read the new testament more than the old testament so you just got to keep searching and scouring until you find something that looks like Jesus right and and oftentimes we come to the old testament in this way if you've been told the whole bible is about Jesus well then we're trying to find anything that looks like a savior or being saved, or a cross, or sins, or newness, or love, or grace, or etc. Anything that resembles a piece of our gospel theology, and we say, there, I found Jesus. Now, I will say this. In Luke 24, Jesus says, the whole Old Testament was written about him. John 5, Jesus rebukes the Pharisees who look to the Old Testament for life, and Jesus says, the Old Testament is pointing to me. So, I do think this approach is better than the first because Jesus says the Old Testament is about him. So, at least here, you're believing that and you're trying, all right? However, this approach of just looking for someone or something that resembles Jesus and specifically Jesus on the cross, it's a little dangerous, So, let me give you a couple examples of of where we can go wrong in this view of just trying to find anything that looks like Jesus in the cross and quickly moving to there. Well, Maybe the most basic one is that we begin to read the Old Testament and everything we read, we simply say at the end, man, these are sinful people and they need a Savior. Therefore, Jesus. Okay, now, a lot of stories do show our need for a Savior. But if every time you read the Old Testament, you're just trying to find how Jesus forgives your sin, you're missing more that God is trying to communicate. You know, one might be the story of the book of Ruth. You know, it's quick for us to read through that story and find Boaz, and it says the word Redeemer, which he is, and and we jump to Jesus, you know? And in some ways, that's right. But if you do that, you miss the gravity and the weight of Ruth in the story, That she proves herself faithful and righteous. She is, in many ways, a picture of the Proverbs 31 woman and how she eventually saves a family through her selfless care of another, right? There's all this beauty and there's this robust gospel pictures throughout the whole thing that we miss when we jump too quickly because we read the word Redeemer. You know, another example might be the story of Jonah. It's easy to read Jonah as a messenger from God to preach to a rebellious people, and we say, great, in a greater way, Jesus is the greater Jonah. He was sent by God to a sinful people, but he wasn't disobedient, he was obedient, so he's greater than Jonah. And again, that's true. But if we do that too quickly... We miss the tenderness of God to pursue a rebellious prophet, who the prophet says, I know you're gracious, God, and that's why I don't want to follow you. And God is still gracious to him. We miss the depth of the death Jonah goes to before coming out of the fish alive, which does mirror Christ as he goes to the pit before he bursts forth three days later we miss the heart of god for a pagan wicked nation that had no right to have the gospel preached to him but god's heart for them beats so strongly he sends one of his own and once they do repent he forgives them So it's not that it's wrong to jump to Jesus too quickly, it's just that if we are trying to find him like he's hiding, and once you catch something that looks red and white like Waldo, you pick it out and you jump to Jesus and your job is done, it's just shallow. So let me give you the view that I think Colossians 2.17 teaches us, something that might be a little bit more robust and helpful for you. When we are looking for Christ in the Old Testament and we believe that he's there, here is how I think we should read it that Christ is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. That Christ is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. So it's not that he's absent, he's not. It's pointing to him. And it's not that just we're looking for a way to get to God's redemption in Jesus on the cross, although that's a key one. It's that all of the Old Testament is pointing to the redemptive work of God in totality. So Christ is the fulfillment of everything, not just when you read someone's a sinner and Jesus is better. Because the last view is this wild goose chase trying to find something that resembles the cross. But in Colossians 2, it says about all the laws, All the restrictions, all the way of life that God puts in place, that they are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. This means that everything in the Old Testament that God is doing is a picture of the substance of Christ. He's not just hiding certain places and speaking about your sins being forgiven, He's the fulfillment of everything, all the Old Testament. Uh, Let me give you a few examples. As Joseph, at the end of Genesis, walks through life trusting in God's providence, even through the darkest moments, knowing that God will bring about his struggle for the good of God's people, we see that idea fulfilled in Christ's life, his trust in God, even to the point of death. In Leviticus, when God is clear on the holiness needed in order for a sinful people to be with God, we get to see the righteousness and holiness of our God displayed. No imperfection and blemish can be attributed to him. And it points us to how a true spotless sacrifice would be needed. And we get to look at the life of Christ, how he fulfills the righteousness of that is needed to be in the presence of God, and then is our great sacrifice. In 1 and 2 Samuel, when it speaks of God's people needing a true king who will lead them in the worship of God and defeat their enemies, it's not saying that you should go and defeat your Goliaths. It's that we see David as a shadow. He is a good, true king for God's people, leading them against their enemies, but that there would be a true king that Jesus would fulfill this need for us as God's people to have a king leading us in worship and obedience to him. We can look at the temple, this place where God dwelt with his people, but that the true temple is fulfilled in Christ and he now dwells not in a building, but in us, his spiritual building, forever. You see, all the Old Testament does not have Christ hidden in random verses. It is an entire story either preparing for or predicting the redemptive work of Christ in full. Everything is pointing to Christ. He is the fulfillment of all the Old Testament. So, as you read through your Old Testament, don't believe that Christ is absent. When you turn to Matthew, that's not the first thing that begins speaking about the Christ. But also, don't spend time sifting through every story just trying to find a weak connection to the cross. Instead, deeply learn the Old Testament. Meditate on it. Find out its themes of that story or poem. See what it's saying about people and the world, and most importantly, God himself And then we ask, how is that idea or that theme or that story fulfilled in the whole work of Christ? When we see God's faithfulness to sinners, how is that fulfilled in Christ? When we see God present with people in suffering, how is that fulfilled in Christ? When we see God judge the wicked, how is that fulfilled in Christ? When we see God reveal himself, how is that fulfilled? fulfilled in Christ? When we see God speak of his holiness, how is that fulfilled in Christ? When we see a sacrificial system set up, how is that fulfilled in Christ? When we see God predict the future of his people, how is that fulfilled in Christ? And friends, as you go beyond the shadows to see its substance, you will in greater ways know God and fall in love with him because his true character that we can see and know is most clearly pointed to and found in Christ. Friends, may God bless you and keep you. May he give you favor, grace, and peace.